What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. We provide content to help you become the men you want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. Guys, on today's show, and thanks for joining me, we're going to talk about 10 daddy tips that you want to know even before you are a father. That's right. This is a collection of traits that I wish somebody had shared with me before my girls were born. Stick around to the end and let me give you that extra tip that will save your marriage during this new adventure you're on or your relationship, guys. Stick around, grab your cup of coffee while we're in the intro, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Welcome back, guys. My name is Brent. If you are new to our show, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, this is episode 10. Be sure and go back and check out some of the earlier shows. And if you're joining us on YouTube, hey guys, comment, thumbs up below. Guys, parenting is a multi-million dollar industry. Let me say that again. Multi-million dollar industry. Primarily because parenting is terrifying to all new or soon-to-be parents. Newsflash doesn't actually change. It is terrifying to all of us. The difference is parents who already have kids and been doing it for a little while, we just learn to live in a controlled fear society. Got to set my timer up where I can see it. Guys, we just we just learn to live with the fear. We learn to, like any other fear, adjust to the fact that there's always things you're going to worry about as a parent. So I put out a poll a couple days ago on all of our social media platforms. And guys, if you're on social media and you don't follow us already, we are the Fallible Man or at the Fallible Man, pretty much everywhere you want to be. Facebook is the one exception, and there we're at Fallible Man. If you aren't following us on our social, other social media platforms, we put out daily content. Seven days a week, two blogs a week, um, one podcast a week, multiple YouTube videos a week. Guys, we're everywhere you want to be, and we care about you being the men you want to be. So check us out over there. But I was really surprised because I put out on every one of my platforms, guys, I asked men collectively to share the one thing that they wish they knew before they became a dad. This show is all about dads, so this is all for you guys. Hope you enjoy this one. And I hope you learned something because I've got some great tips for you. I even put this out. I'm a member of several men's groups on Facebook. One in particular is rather large, and I won't call it out by name. Men post stuff on there all the time, and there are thousands of members. Guys, feedback to them. It's a great place for men. 
So I was really surprised when I put this out on all of my content channels and in this group and asked for this feedback and got nothing. On every major platform, guys, I put it out there and asked men to comment, to tell me that one thing they wish they knew before they became dads. Zilch. Zip. Nada. I was totally just mystified. Um, I shared that fact with some friends who are are close to me and what I'm doing here, and they were just blown away too. That no one replied at all. Not even some of my closest friends commented. It It blew my mind. So, that tells me that either absolutely nobody knows exactly how to narrow that down, our people are more interested in gossiping about stupid crap than things that actually matter. So I went a little farther and I started doing my own research because I have my own list. As a father, I have uh, two daughters. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And I have seven nieces and a couple of sisters and sister-in-laws. I have a lot of women in my life. It's part of the reason that the fallible man exists. So this is near and dear to me, and I definitely have my list, but I didn't want to just give you my answers to what you need to know as a dad. So when I didn't get any feedback there, I started researching and digging and Googling, right? Because this is the world of Google. If we don't know, we just Google it. That's that's how we find everything these days. And I found a bunch of articles. Now, this isn't a huge surprise. As I said, this is a multi-million dollar a year industry. Um, I would wager it's closer than that to a billion dollars a year industry. There are parenting books, parenting podcasts. There's some great parenting podcasts, by the way. There are some great parenting YouTube channels. But I mean, this is a multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar industry. So information is out there, but a lot of the information centers around women. Because we have this concept that women are the primary care parent, and in some houses it holds they are, and in some houses they're not. But it is just as important for men to learn and prepare and to have their questions answered so they can be good parents as well. So guys, the following list that we're going to talk about is a consolidation of my own things with hindsight that I would have liked to know before my children were born and a bunch of articles that I looked up, a bunch of blogs, a bunch of videos. I took notes on all of them and consolidated down to 10. So we're going to go through 10 points that you should know after you become a dad, but even before you become a dad, just to help you get ready. All right. So point number one, Communication is only 7% words. Let me see if I can say that the right way. Verbal communication, okay, the words coming out of your mouth, is only 7% of what you communicate. That doesn't just apply to your children. That applies to your friends, your coworkers, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, everybody around you. Communication is only 7% verbal. 
So, from the get-go, I say so a lot. I'm sorry. When you edit your own audio, you start to notice the things you repeat. I apologize. Your children will pick up so much more from you as a father by how you act and your attitude and your demeanor, the physical presence, the sound of your voice, the tone you use, and your demeanor than they ever will from what you actually tell them. That's why you always see that sarcastic kid going, yeah, dad, okay, uh-huh. And it's because you may say, we don't do that. But what you do is totally different. Communication is only 7% verbal. But that also applies down to little, little ones, okay? I'll see if I can find it now, too. I have pictures of holding my daughter when she was not as long as my forearm. My oldest daughter was born three and a half weeks early. She was not exceptionally small for being a preemie but she also wasn't a a big kid either okay so she was a little smaller than average but not tiny tiny but i'm a pretty big guy and from the minute they're born they can connect with you and they can understand what you're communicating towards them i had the most incredible experience because Less than an hour and a half after my daughter was born. At that stage, they're not even supposed to be able to do anything other than lay there like a lump. Okay? We're in the delivery room. And my newborn daughter is laying on my wife's chest. I went over and sat down on this couch they had in the delivery room and started talking to my wife. The minute I started talking, my hour and a half year old child picked up her own head, turned, honed in on where my voice was coming in, and laid down facing that direction. My wife and I talk a lot to each other and enjoy our conversations, and my daughter had learned to recognize my voice while she was still inside my wife. While my wife was still pregnant, my daughter had learned to recognize my voice. They understand so much more than you realize from the minute they're born. They are picking up everything. They will learn more in those first five years than they will in the rest of their life. So understand, it's not just about talking to people or communicating with your child. It's about how you communicate with them, the voice you use, the tone you use, the physicality, how you posture yourself, how you stand. They are picking up everything you're putting down and more. That's number one. Number two, one of the most important things you need to know as a new parent is self-care is still important for both you and your spouse. And I'm going to say spouse because it's easier than saying, you know, the person you had a baby with. You may be married or not, not my business, but I'm going to say spouse because I'm just used to it and it's easy to say. The self-care is important to you and your spouse, okay? Not just for you. You both need sleep. You both need to eat healthy food. 
you both need to have some sanity time. So, you may need to make some sacrifices early on where one of you sleeps in a different room at least one night a week just to make sure you get some sleep and then let the other one. So, if the baby sleeps in your room or in your bed or however you do that, I'm not going to judge. I've gone both ways with my kids. To make sure you both get adequate sleep, that may mean that you get up and bottle feed the baby and mommy gets to go sleep somewhere else for that night so that she can get the rest that she needs to take care of y'all's children. Likewise, that may mean that daddy goes and sleeps in another room one night so he can get the sleep that he needs to help take care of the children. If you've got jobs, you both have to continue those jobs. And if you grind yourself into the ground by not getting the sleep you need, and you're going to have to take turns because sleeplessness is just the gift of having children. Any parent will tell you, you lose a lot of sleep as a parent, especially in the first couple of years. So, work with each other, guys. Self-care is super important. If you're not getting the sleep you need, you can't be the parent you need. If you can't get the sleep you need, you're not being the provider that you need to be. And you risk your job. You need to get proper nutrition. You need to have some sanity time where you're not taking care of someone else for a few minutes. And then help each other. Help her. Help him. Help each other. Self-care is still really important. And most parents, I watch so many parents grind themselves into the ground in the first couple months and even that first year because they don't learn to partner this up. Okay. Pass the kid back and forth. I'm not saying like a hot potato, but pass the kid back and forth. Give each other some time to breathe. Give each other time to go to the gym. Give each other time to sleep. Take turns so neither of you are totally sacked. You will be better parents and you will get through the day a lot better. It's better for the kid and it's better for you. So take care of yourself and your wife. Now the guys these tips are in no particular order. Communication is important, right? Only 7% of your communication is verbal. Self-care is important. These are in no particular order. But guys, this one is a huge key. Something I learned early on. Music for the win, guys. I've referred to it before in one of my other episodes. In case you missed that. I got so much crap from some of my friends for programming my children. The album Adele 25 is bedtime music in my house. Since the day they were born, when it is time to get ready for bed, I have turned on Adele 25 throughout the whole house. Why did I pick that song, that album? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you at the time. It was something that the kids already kind of responded to, and it wasn't so, like, pumped up that the beat would keep them awake. It was something they could fall asleep to. But it was purposeful. They have spent probably less than 20 nights of their lives without that song, without that set of songs. To this day, at 6 and 8, every night, come bedtime, when I tell the girls to put on their pajamas and brush their teeth and hair, Adele 25 gets turned on. 
my children will start yawning within three songs. Even if they're not tired, my children will start yawning within three songs. This started when they were babies from the very beginning. Now, subliminally, subconsciously, it keys that it is sleep time for them. Likewise, music will save you on some other things. If you are having a bad day, you put on some upbeat, upbeat music and your kid is going to respond. I have videos upon videos of my wife dancing with my children to Shakira songs because my kids like the beat. Dancing in our living room. Just dancing and laughing and giggling. Music speaks volumes to your children and will bail you out when things get frustrating or when things get stressful music can change the entire mood as well as if you use it right it can help you tame some other issues like bedtime so find music that you guys love that you're safe with your kids listening to likewise i told you communication is only seven percent verbal you really have to watch the audio on some of the shows you watch because even if your kid is not old enough to understand what is going on on the screen I, I don't know most of you are probably familiar with the fact that a scary movie is not scary if you turn off the sound like you take the most horrifying movie you've ever seen biggest scary movie you turn off the audio track it's not scary anymore the images themselves are not enough to actually scare you I was going through uh, with my daughter recording a video the other day. And in my video editing software, I have some Halloween sounds. And she was amazed at just how some of the soundtracks just gave her the heebie-jeebies. Because the audio was just that effective. So be careful what you're watching. Your kids will pick up on some really tense, like we used to watch a lot of police dramas. Your kids pick up on that and like it can throw off their entire sleep cycle because they're worked up because of this audio track off the show. Likewise, music can save your butt and give you a lot of peace and a lot of good times. So music for the win, guys. Get it in your kid's life. You will be amazed at what you can achieve with some soundtracks. Create a soundtrack for your life. Create a soundtrack for bedtime. Create a soundtrack for getting up in the morning to set the mood. When you get up, put on something fun and lighthearted, and it will start the day better for all of you. It's crazy. Okay? Music for the win. Point number four. Co-parenting. Or tip number four. Co-parenting. I used to be a youth minister. I grew up a minister's kid. I've grown up with a lot of marriage counseling around me and done some relationship counseling and some premarital counseling over the years with people that I've done their wedding ceremonies for. And one of the biggest things people screw up and they totally miss when they're getting married is they don't talk about things they need to talk about. Things they don't think about talking about. Like, how do you celebrate Christmas? Not like, do you celebrate Christmas? Although that's an important conversation. If your significant other doesn't and you do, you need to work that out beforehand because that could be a thing. How you celebrate Christmas is actually a bigger thing. Your family has its set of traditions. 
their family has their set of traditions and they're different than each other. So when you come together, how's that going to look? Because you can't do both, right? Likewise, co-parenting, this is not something they tell parents to talk about. I've never ever been in a parenting class, and I've been in lots of them, where they actually told the parents, hey, you need to look at all of your general thoughts about raising kids and discuss them ahead of time. This becomes a really big sore point very quickly because it's not something couples think about talking about. You just naturally assume you're on the same wavelength, and you're probably not. So, you know, talk about how do you discipline kids? What is acceptable? What is not? How do you handle when the kid talks back? How do you handle where the kid can go and where the kid can't? Who can babysit the kid and who can't? There are a lot of parenting situations that you have probably not discussed that you really should. It will alleviate problems before it is ever a problem. If you start talking about how you handle different situations as a parent and how you parent before you parent. And that should really seem obvious, but it's missed on most people. So co-parenting, your ideas about discipline versus their ideas about discipline. That's a big one for a lot of people. Your ideas about schooling versus her ideas about schooling. Talk about it ahead of time. It will save you headaches before you're wearing that daddy title. Tip number five, guys. Your social circle is going to shrink, and it's not your fault. Let me repeat this really clearly, because this one freaked me out a little bit. Your social circle is going to shrink, and it's not your fault. You will find that not all of them will disappear, but a lot of your single friends will disappear because they no longer have a way to relate to you. That's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not a mutant because you had a kid, but your circle of friends is going to change a lot. My wife and I used to have, on average, about 14 of our friends over. Once a week, we had a big dinner at our house on Thursday nights. Some of them moved away. So we got down to about between 8 and 10. When my first daughter was born, we have two in that circle that we still see. Two of our closest best friends, who are both single, are active parts of my children's lives at 6 and 8 and have been the entire time of their life. All of those other friends are gone. They all disappeared, distanced themselves. They still stay high on Facebook. Your friends, your social circle is going to change drastically. and There's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of them feel like they have nothing in, contact, in common with you, no common ground. So they disappear and you're going to feel really weird. And it's not your fault you didn't do anything wrong. So know that. And that's parenting tip number five before you come to daddy. Stick around. We're going to run our reel from our sponsor. That's still us if you haven't been with us. Uh, I make t-shirts, so check out the reel. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
If not, check out the audio commercial on the podcast, and I will be right back, guys. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that reel. Comment below if you uh, like the voiceover. That's a good friend of mine. He has an amazing voice for audio, and he agreed to do that for me. I love those bits. So we're on to tip number six. Things you want to know before you become a dad. Oh, this should be good news to you. Tip number six is this. You don't need all that crap. I told you the parenting industry is a multi-million, if not billion dollar industry, guys. All you got to do is walk through any major department store, whether you like Walmart, Target, JCPenney, or something more uppity. Doesn't matter where you buy your stuff, Baby Gap, whatever. 90% of the stuff on those shelves, you don't need. It is insane. I used to like to walk through the baby department after my kids were born and before and just look at stuff and be like, but, but why do I need that? Let me tell you what you need. You need a diaper. Hey, that's important. You need lots of diapers. You will go through a butt ton, <laughs> pun intended, of diapers. Whether you wash them or whether you use disposables, you'll go through a metric buck ton of them. You will need a swaddling blanket if your kid likes to be swaddled. That's something you won't learn until the kid is born. My oldest, she wanted to be swaddled up like a papoose. I mean, just wrapped tight like a little bean burrito. It's amazing. That is the only way she would calm down and sleep. My youngest daughter, you couldn't keep a blanket on her. So it's it's kid-by-kid basis, but kid likes to be swaddled. Instead of just using a regular blanket, you can use buy actually a swaddling blanket that stays on them better. I like wipe warmers. You'll like wipe warmers because your kids don't scream at you when they're cleaning their butt and you're changing a diaper if the wipes are warm. That was one of the most important things I had when my kids were little. But honestly, you don't need a $1,000 baby video monitor system. You don't need all the fancy stuff. A $500 stroller and a $100 stroller. It's kind of like a Ford and a Lincoln. The difference is the amount of cup holders and how nice of a stereo they stick in it. Otherwise, they're the same car. You don't need all that crap. And dads, that's great news because you're going to spend a ton of money on this kid. So understand, being a minimalist dad isn't a bad thing. A place for them to sleep safely. Diapers for their butt. A warmer so they don't scream at you when you're changing that butt. Really, you know, probably some baby shampoo. And after that, it's pretty pretty simple, okay? You don't need all that crap. Don't worry about it. Don't freak out. Your spouse may have a huge registry of wish list of wants. So do we. And in the end, we ended up not using 99% of it. You don't need all that crap. Save yourself some money. 
Tip number seven, don't freak out if they develop at a different rate than your other than other kids do. So every book, every article, every magazine, and every parent is going to tell you there is a set age limit that kids are supposed to hit certain milestones. It's all crap. They lie. Ignore them. Your kid is your kid. Your kid is a combination of you and your spouse and their own personality. My youngest daughter didn't actually start talking much till she was four. I think she was three and a half or four. People were freaking out, telling us there was something wrong with her. She communicated perfectly clearly. People were telling us, oh, have you had her checked? No. No, she could absolutely communicate everything that she wanted to without saying a word. She waited to talk till she was ready. She didn't start walking as fast as my oldest daughter. She waited till she was ready. My oldest daughter actually got in a fight with my doctor because he told me that she was special and unique and in the upper percentile because she was hitting markers ahead of schedule, ahead of his schedule, and ahead of what other kids were supposed to be doing. And I said, no, no, she's doing what she's going to do, and she's perfect the way she is, and she may slow down one day and everybody else will catch up to her, but she's doing what's right for her, just like my youngest daughter did what was right for her. There is no golden rule. They lie, they push that crap down your throat, they say your kid should be, you know, walking and running almost at 13 months. You know what? If they don't hit that till they're 16 months, it's fine. As long as they're healthy and moving and functioning, it, there is no perfect landmark. So just ignore all those idiots. Ignore what everybody says. They're stupid. You will know if something is actually wrong with your child. But it is freaky. Because everybody's like, oh, they should be achieving this by now. It's all lies. Okay? Kids develop at their own rate, and they go at their own will, and they'll get there. Be patient, and don't worry about it. Number eight, and I'll try and speed this up because I'm going long. Helicopter parenting is a horrible idea. If you don't know what helicopter parenting is, these are these parents who uh, are on top of their kids 99% of the time. They fall down, they get picked up. Kid cries for a second, they get picked up. The kid starts to spill something, they get cleaned up for them. Kid uses a train like a hammer, and the parents are trying to teach the kid how to use the train the right way. There is no right way. Let the kid figure it out. I promise you a child will be just as happy if you put them down in the middle of a bunch of toys They'll figure out how they want to play with them. They don't have to play with a train like a train. They don't have to play with a block like a block. They don't have to use that steamboat toy you bought them for the bathtub just in the bathtub. They will pick themselves up if they fall down. If you pick them up every time, they will become a nightmare on society. Stop helicopter parenting. Your kid's... As long as they're in a safe environment where they're not going to swallow something that they can't, that's too small for them to play with or get into something they shouldn't be into that could hurt them, as long as they're in a safe environment, let the kid play. They're going to be happy. Let the kid fall down. They'll learn to get back up. That's how we do that. 
Stop helicopter parenting and don't be that parent. Number nine. Everyone you know in your life will instantly be a parenting expert the minute you have a kid. Perfect strangers will instantly be experts on how you should raise your children the minute you have a kid. It was one of the most irritating things I've ever encountered with parenting. I've always had an parent. I've worked with kids my whole life, so I've always had an opinion when I see a kid acting a certain way or doing certain things. Yes, I have an opinion. I keep them to myself. Not my problem. Not my thing. I don't tell other parents how to parent their kids. And everybody, everybody's going to tell you how to parent your kid. I'm throwing some tips out. And you know what? Here's the big giveaway. I'm throwing some tips out. And they're pretty sound tips. And they're not just my tips. Like I said, I researched this one. They're good guidelines. But just like in Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm going to get demonetized for saying that. Just like in Pirates, right? They're more like guidelines than actual rules. So, these are some tips for you guys that everybody who you have ever known is instantly going to become a parenting expert, whether they have children or not. All those friends of yours who children are nightmares that made you think twice about having kids because their kids were little terrorists. I shouldn't use that word. Their kids are little terrors. Is that better? It's more politically correct. They're going to tell you what you should do. And you're going to sit there and go, is that what you do with your kid? Because I'm not doing that. Okay? Everybody, perfect strangers will walk up to you if your kid is fussing and tell you how you should fix it. Tell everybody to shut up and leave you alone. Value advice from other parents whose kids respect them and act in a way that you would find acceptable. Take advice from your parents because you owe them that. It doesn't mean you have to do everything they told you, but take advice. But look, everybody's got an opinion on this. That's why it's a multi-million dollar industry. But it is absurd how many perfect strangers will tell you what you should do with your kids. It's going to come down to what you and your spouse think is best for that child. You're not going to screw them up forever. They can overcome anything you do anyway. But guys, you guys need to find what works for you as parents and go with that and just shake it off. I know it's going to suck. And I'm sorry on behalf of the whole world. I am sorry to every parent and every adult that you run into is going to be a jerk and tell you how you should parent your kid. Just a fact. Here's the most surprising one for me that's surprising and not surprising at the same time. I had a coworker hit me with this. Um, I've worked with this coworker on and off for eight years or almost nine years now. And when I met him, he wasn't married and he didn't have any children. Since then, he's gotten married and has a child and I think another one on the way. But our discussions have been fun because he was there when my kids were born as far as like we worked together when my oldest was born, stuff like that. So he's been there through my kids being born. Now he's having kids. And 
we were having a discussion one day and it's been really fun because every now and then he'll ask me like, Hey, did you ever, the girls ever do this? He's got a little boy and it's like, yeah, they didn't, but you know, I, my, my nephews did. So and I think that's okay. Right. We have these conversations. And one of the things that surprised me the most is he was just like bewildered at how much the child changed him. Every preconceived notion you have about everything will change instantly the minute you become a parent. It will change the way you see the world. It will change your habits. You might find you eat healthier or start trying to take care of yourself better. It will change your the way you watch television, the way you watch movies, and what you see and hear in those shows. I was never more aware. I love the show The Big Bang Theory. It's one of my favorite sitcoms. And I was amazed when I started watching it with my girls how many of the sex jokes I missed in that show. until my children were old enough to actually start picking them up and then it was like oh i probably shouldn't watch this with her yeah the first time your daughter snickers at a joke that you really didn't want them to understand you're like oh yeah but it's bigger than that you see the world in a totally different light the minute you become a parent so just prepare for that because it, it will surprise you Things that you've thought for years, preconceived notions you had about certain things, they'll all change the minute you become a parent. So let me share you one last thought. You've stuck with me this long, guys. I'm sorry I went a little long on this episode, but it's a lot of information. I will this list way down. Okay, there are so many things in such a large industry, but I, I whittled this down to things I wish I had known and things that a lot of experts seem to think you should know uh, from their own research. And we could talk all day. You know, you can talk about the fact that baby poop is freaky. It comes in all colors, shapes, sizes. You're like, how did that even come out of their butt? It's, uh, I, I didn't know they could poop that color orange. You know, it's, and it will freak you out, right? Yeah, we can talk about that. I don't want to. It's, it's just gross. Okay, we can talk about the fact that your kids are going to parrot everything you ever say and mimic exactly what you want to do or exactly what you do. They become mini-me's forever. We can go on and on about we can go on and on about the fact that you will never ever see peace when you go to the bathroom again. This is so true, even comedians like Bill Ingbull have made jokes about it. Okay? You will never have privacy again and forget any kind of shame. First time the kid's like, what my butt? It, it's yeah. You you become very humble very quick. Alright, but that's not the most important thing. We can talk about all that and if you read enough articles, man, all that crap is there. Here is something more important, though, that I want to end with. When your kid gets sick, especially, it's excruciating for both parents, especially when they're little. 
when they are little and they cannot communicate what hurts or what feels bad or how it feels bad so you know what to do about it, it is sheer agony. I, I've had some pretty serious injuries and I go through most of them again other than deal with one time of my kids being sick when they were little because it was the most powerless feeling I've ever experienced because I want nothing more and you will want nothing more than to protect that child and to care for that child and make sure make their world okay. And when they're little and they can't tell you what is going on and what's going why they feel a certain way, it will make you angry. It will make you hostile. It will make you you will look for because you can't fix it readily fix it you will look for a cause guys this is so important it's not your wife's fault either kids get sick you as a parent get them well and sometimes you just got to write it out but it's not your spouse's fault one of the biggest mistakes i have seen in marriages is as you start to feel powerless, like you've got nothing you can do about your kid being sick because you don't understand and she can't tell you how to make it better and blah, blah, blah. You get angry and you'll start lashing out if you aren't careful. And if you start taking it out on your wife or it's blaming your spouse for, well, if you hadn't done this or you made them sick or you exposed them to this or you gave them that, don't go that road. They're upset, just like you are. And those words can't be put away. They can't be taken back. Even if you apologize for them later, they can't be taken back. You will drive a divide between you and your spouse in one of the most important aspects of your life. This child should bring you closer together, not separate you farther apart. Do not contribute to that. And this is a weak, vulnerable moment when you can do this without even intending to. Do not take your frustrations over not being able to make your child feel better out on your spouse. It's not their fault. Guys, I just wanted to throw that out there because it will save your marriage. I've seen things like that in the marriage very quickly. And I've seen it way on a marriage years, years later after the kid's grown, it's crazy. You can't put that away once you start throwing that out there. Be stronger together. Face it together. It will take both of you to raise this child in a healthy way. Guys, I appreciate you sticking around for so long with me on this one. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed the show. Leave your comments below. Be sure and subscribe, follow, like. If you think we're putting out good content, Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more daily content. Thanks for this time together and be better tomorrow because of what you do today. I'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.